Today, on Mark My Words, I have the pleasure of talking to somebody that I have not been able to wait to talk to for a long time. When I came up with the idea of doing this podcast, my guest today, Laura, oh God, I we just talked about how to pronounce your name, Therapy. Did I get yes, that you right? got it. <laughs> I had to think therapy, just like we talked about before we recorded. So Laura Garapy is somebody I have known through social media for a few years and extremely supportive and encouraging and hopefully she feels the same way about 100%. me. And uh, she was like raising her hand, first person, that like pretty much the first person who said they wanted to be on this show. Uh, it, it took me some time to get it all filled up. And then, you know, you probably should have been like my second guest or first guest. So apologize for that, Laura. But no worries. <laughs> I never forgot about you. And uh, you were certainly on the list. And just to give everybody a little bit of a background on Laura, she is a collaborative content writer for Hire, business coach to aspiring freelancers, Totally took that off her LinkedIn profile. And uh, Laura is a content writer. She has written, as I had it up on my screen, you've written for a lot of big time people Skin Low Hero, Acorns, CNBC, Lending Tree. And there's probably more from where that came from. And uh, welcome to Mark My Words. How are you doing today? Thanks so much, Mark. I'm I'm doing great. Super happy to be here. As you mentioned, you know we've uh, had banter online back and forth for you know quite a long time. So it's really nice to to see you, to hear your voice, and and to you know meet you as best we can under today's circumstances. Well, it's I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. It's an early morning session. I usually wake up pretty early anyway most days, but. Uh, Thank you for taking the time out for this early morning session. And did I leave any big names out there? Who else have you written for? Um, well, I, I haven't updated my portfolio in a while, admittedly. Um, but I've also written for Quicken Loans. I have had a byline in Forbes. Um, so that's been pretty cool. But I do a lot of ghostwriting, too. So... Um, you know, a lot of the things I put out there, you know, have someone else's name on it. And I'm okay with that as long as I get paid. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I mean, you have a really amazing thing going for you. And I'm really excited to dig into not only your past, because before we came on, I told you, oh, man, I really wish I had known as I was growing up and becoming an adult that human resources was something that actually interested me. That was something that you did in your previous career life before you uh, went into the freelancing, uh, I hate to say game, profession. Sounds a little better than the game. Well, you know? sometimes it's a game, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends on the day, I guess. <laughs> I, I've lived it a little bit, so I know it's certainly a lot to juggle, and, you know, we'll talk a lot about that, and for me, 
with this being like not only talking to entrepreneurs about their lives and what they do, I also like to get into how you got there. And I know I, I'm always really fascinated by the beginnings for people because here you are, you're doing all this incredible stuff, freelance writing for all kinds of amazing people out there, amazing companies, and you know, you're giving support to those starting up. But you started out, oh, where did I see it? So you actually started studying psychology. So I don't necessarily see psychology as something you ever actually did professionally. How did you uh, become interested in psychology and how did that not necessarily work out for you? Wow, we're going in the way back machine for this one. That's um, <laughs> how I roll. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, going back to undergrad, um, I was majoring in early childhood education for a while, and the school I was attending required you to have a double major. And so I adopted psychology because I thought that went well with education. Um, you know, way before I even got into human resources, I was actually uh, working in a daycare and teaching private preschool, you know, putting my, um, my studies to, to good use and getting some experience. Um, then I decided I didn't really want to do that for 40 years. I couldn't see myself doing that. So um, I dropped the early childhood major, um, but I was so close to graduating at that point. I only needed like a couple more psychology classes to complete the degree. So that's what I did. <laughs> so what about it did you learn that you said, I can't see myself doing this? Uh, I mean, there's just so many kids. You know, I, I enjoy um, teaching in general. I, I liked having the experience of, you know, playing games and doing activities with the children, but there's 10 of them and one of you, and you just go home with one big headache every day. I just, I couldn't see myself doing that for decades. And I, I give major props to the folks that, that do. No, absolutely. I mean, it, for me, I feel like it takes a particular type of person and personality to deal with you know, a whole classroom of kids, whether it's at, you know, the preschool level or even the nursery school level, if they I, even I just, have nursery schools anymore. I yeah, know. I mean, that's, that's like your infants and toddlers and stuff. And I, I worked in those, those rooms too, um, with that age group. And I just, my, my patience just wasn't thick enough. You know, it was, it was paper thin by the end of the day. And that's, that's no, not fair to the kids. And it, it certainly wasn't fair for me either long-term. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And it's great of you to be that self-aware before you really get out in the trenches. And you're just like, look, this is something that I may not be able to like handle in the long term, And, uh, that takes a certain amount of self-awareness. So I think that's really great of you. It says a lot about like you and how you are in touch with what's going on with you. Yeah, um, I mean, my, my motto is if you're not happy, then you have to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, certainly not the 
you know, we talk about my previous work week. I have a weird schedule. I work Thursday through Monday at this point, but I'm also kind of going through that right now where I'm just learning, okay, I've been doing this thing for, you know, over a year, and it's like, okay, this is not, I'm not really sure about it anymore. And you just, you learn these things as you go. And, uh, you know, sometimes some jobs and positions are just a great fit for your personality. And other times, no matter how cool, I mean, I you said some things that just triggered that because what I'm doing is a really cool thing. It's a really cool, you know, career. It's a really cool job, but you just learn over time like okay that in the long run might not be for me so that's just what we all need to learn and it kind of goes back to me saying ah because I worked for a few years as a manager at my previous job a long time ago and I did a lot of HR projects I'm like man I, I really love doing these HR related projects. I love dealing with like the the staff and managing them and dealing with some of those uh, interpersonal relationships and stuff. But by that point, I was well into my career and had a real hard time making that transition. So I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole here, but to make the connection back to you. Uh, so you kind of decided psychology and that path that you were on wasn't for you. Then you decided to go with the human resources. What uh, brought that on for you? So when I was studying for my undergrad, I um, after I was teaching preschool, I went into retail because it had a flexible schedule. And so it lent itself well to being able to be a student. Um, and while I was in that position, I had some human resources related tasks handed off to me. Like I was interviewing um, potential store associates, I was leading trainings, I was doing scheduling, um, you know, reference checks, you know, light stuff, not, not super heavy, but, um, like you, those, those kind of things kind of whet my appetite to do more. Um, and then I had the opportunity a couple of years in to transition into my first salaried role um, with a nonprofit. And that was really when I was doing exclusively HR for the first time. That was back around 2010. Um, and I loved it, you know, and I stayed in that profession in various capacities for the next, you know, eight years until I transitioned to freelance. So this is just even with your education, it's, it's all just something that kind of happened organically for you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wound up finishing my MBA while I was in my first salary job in HR and was able to use that degree um, to get other positions down the line. Okay, yeah. For me, it was just, even though I never worked in human resources a day in my life, it was something that through all those projects I was doing, I just discovered it was like a eureka moment 
for me, and I guess it's never too late to get into anything. We Again, we talked about that before we started, but uh, I'm hoping to go on another path with my life than that at this point. But it's one of those things where, for me, when I was growing up, I always kind of knew that I wanted to be in, like, telecommunications or around technology. It, it always seemed exciting to me to be in those... Uh, in this, uh, I'm looking for a word, scenario is a word I'll use here, but just in those, like, atmospheres, uh, I don't know, I was always, I guess, uh, fascinated by just watching TV or watching a show, and I'd be like, I, I want to know what goes on behind the scenes, and what are these people that are on screen, or who, you know, now I'm hearing on, like, the radio, like, what are they really like? And that was the kind of thing that, it was, like, kind of a thing that I grew with, and it was something that I was just laser-focused on. It wasn't like, it was something that just kind of happened organically. It was something that I was, like, determined I was going to do it, and that's the life that I wanted, and in some ways, I, I learned that this field is, like, amazing and all filled with all kinds of excitement and surprises, but I've also found that it's full of, like, a lot of stress as well. And uh, that's the kind of stuff, I guess, that you learn as you go along in life. And uh, for you, so... You worked in human resources for a decade, and there came a point, obviously, where you decided that you wanted to do something different. What was the point where you decided, I want something different? Maybe I want to work for myself, or I'm a great writer. I want to, you know, hone into that a little more. What exactly caused this particular transition this phase? Um, well, I, I was originally trying to retire early. Um, so I was stockpiling some money. I said, geez, you know, by my middle, late 40s, I might just be able to sail off into the sunset. And this was, you know, a few years ago, probably really early 30s. And then in 2017, um, I lost one of my grandfathers. And, um, you know, I live in Florida. The majority of my family lives in Massachusetts. So I had three days to hop on a plane and bury him and be with my family and then come back. Like I literally was in the office Monday and Friday and did the funeral sandwiched in between. And, you know, I'm grateful to my employer for providing the bereavement time. They, they don't have to do that. But at the same time, it sucked. It felt rushed. Um, and I didn't want to have to go through that again. So it made me consider, it's like, okay, you know, how many people are going to pass away? How many opportunities in my life am I going to miss? Because I am committed to this particular work schedule. Um, and the answer was too many. You know, I needed to restructure my life so that when big things happened, whether they were happy or sad, I could properly attend to them. And I, I wound up putting in my notice at my full-time job 
um, about three months after my grandfather passed. And that's something that I think a lot of us uh, nine to fivers have an issue with is just finding the time for actual self-care. And that is something that you obviously, unless I'm uh, looking at it for rose-colored glasses, it certainly seems like you have that in your life now. Like you have complete control over that. I, I do. You know, sometimes, sometimes I get into um, like a workaholic kind of mode where I just put my head down and try to knock something out. Um, and then when I come up for air, I'll realize, oh, geez, you know, I haven't been living by my principles. I let it slip. And then I have to consciously go back to adding more leisure into my life, adding more, you know, fun, more self-care, more time spent with loved ones. Um, but for the most part, you're right. You know, matter of fact, after our interview today, I, I might just knock off for the afternoon and, and go out and, and do something and enjoy the sunshine just because I can. Um, so yeah, I try to take those opportunities whenever possible. And that is an opportunity I'm hoping to have someday myself. And, uh, I feel like that almost fits your moniker so well of Every Day by the Lake, which I told you is a genius uh, way to brand yourself. And how, I mean, I, I feel almost kind of silly for asking how you came up with it, because I oh, feel no. like you alluded to it a little bit already. It's, it's not a silly question at all. I get asked that all the time. Um, so it's it's kind of literal and metaphorical at the same time. I actually live on a lake. So, um, you know, I have a, a pretty good sized body of water about 20 feet from my back door. And it's gorgeous. It's the perfect writer's backdrop. It's very serene. It's beautiful to look at. Um, and I say that, you know, my home and my lake are my happy place. And so... I want to help people and business owners um, find their happy place or spend more time at their happy place, their lake, quote unquote, by either providing them content writing services or helping them um, get into freelancing. All I know is your, your uh, identity just makes me want to put my feet on a table or a desk and just say, yep. I'm every day by the lake. <laughs> hey, but, totally, totally doable. Lots of paths to get there. But it does take a lot more work than that. And sure, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that. So you became a content writer. Now, did you start the content writing while you were still working in your 9 to 5? Or you just dropped the 9 to 5 and said, I'm ready to go? It was kind of a weird transition, actually. So as I had mentioned, I was saving up to retire early, and I had fortunately amassed a pretty good nest egg. Like I had 12 to 18 months worth of expenses in the bank. Um, when I quit my full-time job, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew that I needed to make a change, and I was financially able to take my time trying to figure that out. Um, 
so I actually worked a couple of part-time remote jobs at first. One was continuing to provide support to my employer while they sought a uh, replacement. And then I had a couple other um, gigs as well, just to kind of preserve my nest egg and give me something to do while I was trying to figure out my next big move. Um, I was learning a lot about online business and I realized a big component of that was having a website. Like you need a website, you need a blog. So I started to learn about blogging um, and I started a blog and I started to make friends in the blogging community. I think that's ultimately how you and I became connected. Um, and, you know, I basically started building a network. Um, and then in the early summer, I believe, of 2018, you know, four to six months after I had quit my job, um, I got paid for a guest post that I wrote on another personal finance website. And I was surprised. I wasn't even expecting to get paid. I just wanted the kudos because it was kind of a big name site. Um, so when I got the check in the mail, I'm like, hot damn, you know, maybe I can actually make a go of this and replicate this process, um, you know, on a sustainable enough basis to make a living. And, you know, fairly quickly after that, I responded to a call for writers for another website that I had been following. And I've been writing for them ever since. They became my first recurring client. Um, and then it just really snowballed from there. Wow. So this really, I feel like a lot of the success that you've had in your life is all just kind of happened organically. It doesn't even sound like a lot of it was planned. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I, I you know, I, I plan in the sense that I prepared financially, you know what I mean? It's like I knew that I was going to be able to support myself and my family during this next phase of my life, but I was open to whatever shape that was going to take. So am I living my life wrong? Because I'm like a big planner. And we're, just, we're just different personalities. That's all. I, I know a lot of people that are, are super planners. And honestly, I think that I kind of used to be that way. And sometimes I still can be. Sometimes I can get so um, bogged down in the, in the details that the bigger picture eludes me. Um, and so I'm trying to be conscious of that because I feel like my life goes in a better direction when I'm at least able to keep the bigger picture somewhat in focus. Well, let me ask you this, and maybe I'm beating myself up a little bit, which is great considering my name is on this podcast and I'm trying to make people feel good, but hopefully it doesn't come across that way too much. But so... I did some freelance writing a few years ago and it was basically with the same company. I had an editor that was pretty difficult to work with and the other site, they, they just shut down. So they don't produce any more content. I had and still have a muckrack profile, like my portfolio is absolutely loaded. I did all that blogging and somehow I could not walk away progressing with my writing career. What, without me giving out any other detail than that, what do you think I could have done differently to, uh, other than maybe hire you to, uh, to, to get that going more? Um, 
I believe in the power of, of building community. So I think that the more entrenched you get, the more opportunities will come your way. Um, it is a slower process, you know, it's, I mean, sending out pitches is a slow process too, because your success rate is all, you know, not guaranteed in the slightest. You may never get any replies from that, but if you do, it's more of an instantaneous win. But my, my method for, um, you know, having a continuous pipeline of opportunities is just to continuously be engaged in the community because you grow your network, you form collaborative partnerships, you stay top of mind so that when things happen, you're like, oh, that's Laura. You know, I need a freelance writer. I want to go to Laura or I need a freelance coach or I have a question about freelancing. Like you become the go-to person just because you're so active. You know, everything online moves so quickly that if you're not consistently having your name out there, you, you get forgotten, unfortunately. Um, so I, I think it's maybe just part of that. Like I know you're, you're really active on, on LinkedIn now and with your podcast. So with all this extra online presence, it, it may be beneficial to you, you know, if you were going to try freelancing again. I have to admit that when I started the freelance writing and uh, the blog, it was during a time where I had like a lot more time to think about it. And I think especially with my current job, it's like a 90 minute commute in and sometimes two hours or more to come home. And writing is something that while I feel like I'm good at it and it comes pretty naturally, it does take a lot of work. Yes. And it takes a lot of time. So that is a very important factor in, at least for me, in just making the time. It, it was just funny that when I had the time and I was building up, I just kind of hit that wall and then I wound up getting this job because, well, it pays better. So I had to take it. So I had other jobs where I did have the time to uh, sneak some of that other stuff in. I can't do that at this point. So it's just interesting to hear your perspective on that. And I have found that all the stuff I'm doing on LinkedIn and the podcast, somehow it's a little easier to fit it into my life at this point. So for me, it's kind of like a lifestyle thing. And not only that, but I really enjoy it. And I really have enjoyed the response that I've gotten because I never visualize myself and I guess that was one of the reasons that I chose to start up a blog and chose that path. I never visualized myself even though there was something inside of me saying I really want to put myself out there. I just didn't think people would want to like listen to me and it was a real mental block but because of all the encouragement I've gotten from people I've met in the LinkedIn community. Now I'm doing this and I'm posting all kinds of content and it, it was a complete life-changing thing for me. But yeah, it's been it's been cool to watch. You you developed your confidence on, on LinkedIn. I'm I'm happy that you're you're posting videos. That that's really awesome. 
Yeah, that that's a whole other thing. And it's like a lot of other things in life. I think people sit around and they're like, well, I want to do this, but I, I can't because, you know, people are going to think I look weird or I sound weird. And there are a lot of people out there that will support you yes. and will get behind you and will help lift you up and get you to that point. And then you'll watch yourself for a while and you'll say, hey, I don't sound as goofy or look as bad as I think I did. Like, I'm actually pretty good. Like, it really changes you tremendously. And much like what you're doing, it's not for everybody. But uh, if it's something that's within you and burning within you, like, just go do it. You know, people will be behind you. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've found that to be 100% true. Most of the people out there are kind and helpful and, and want to see you succeed. Um, and other freelancers are actually your friends, you know. They're, they're not necessarily competition. Um, I've, I've had coaches and mentors and, and my experience that have been other freelancers and they've been more than willing to guide me and, and pass along opportunities to me. And it's just... We're, we're all in this together to some degree. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the great thing of, from my experience being in the social media universe, trying to do all this stuff for myself as opposed to just working in an office environment. I think it's way more supportive. I think everybody has their own focus and their own path. And while, yeah, we're all... I, I hate to use the word competing. You know, we're all competing, but it's not like a resentment kind of thing. Like, I don't think resentment builds up. I think everybody at the end of the day understands that we're all going to make it to the finish line in our own way, in our own time. And we all have our own different talents and all, you know, our different niches and I found that to be really great, you know, for all the the smack talk that social media gets. I think there is a really good side of it, and our relationship is one of the prime examples of it. That you know, we met on Twitter of all places, and you know, we got to see each other's work and admire what we do, and you know, you're really amazing at what you do and I'm good at what I do. Yes, you are. You could totally get paid for it. <laughs> just haven't really quite found my niche, you know, but that's okay because I'm comfortable with myself and I can still support others who may, you know, have found their path quicker or had, you know, connections that really help them out and you know you, you gotta be comfortable with yourself and maintain focus on your own goals and just you gotta keep working at you it's just like in life you just gotta keep working at it so I feel like I got completely off task here but uh, that's all right <laughs> so this year 2020 has been a bizarre year to say the least and I see here 
we talked a little bit before we started recording. You're now also freelance coaching aspiring freelance writers. How did that come about because of the pandemic or was that in your plans anyway? Um, I actually am uh, available to coach um, pretty much any type of freelancer. Like uh, right now I, I'm working with a, a writer and um, actually a, a marketing professional. Um, so totally open to whatever kind of freelancing folks want to do. But to your, to your question, it, it was kind of in the pipeline. Like I always wanted to develop um, other income streams other than the writing um, for security purposes, for, you know, wanting to make more money purposes, for just wanting to do different things. Um, so I had kind of been planning on becoming a coach for a little while because I had been doing it informally for some time before that, like well before the pandemic, people would ask me questions. Well, how do you do this? And how did you get into this? And how do I handle this client situation? And and so on and so forth. And and I always like to talk shop. So I, you know, I would talk them through whatever. And then I realized I could probably formalize this and add this as a component to my business. Um, you know, I could help other people achieve the lifestyle that they want, whether that's to freelance fully full time, or whether it's to add another income stream as like a side hustle. Um, and I can make money doing it. So it's a total win win. That's pretty amazing. I mean, how does it feel for you? Like how fulfilling is it when you're coaching them through and they get these gigs and they can go off on their own. How does that feel for you? It, it's amazing. Like whenever they have a breakthrough or a success story, I'm just so excited for them. Um, and I'm so glad that I can help. You know, I, I've had clients say, oh, geez, I didn't know I could charge that much for that. And they end up making, you know, more money than they had previously, you know, even considered was possible. Or when, you know, they are feeling stuck and we talk it out and they come to this breakthrough that you know just is like a jolt of electricity through them it's it's awesome to witness like i am incredibly grateful to be part of their journey and, and that process so you sparked a really good question in my mind there so you talked about how to charge how do you get to a point and maybe this is a difference between one personality versus another. I'm thinking about myself where, you know, you don't want to be too mousy and say, well, you know, you can only charge me like 20 bucks and I'll do it. Whereas the job, probably you need to be paid like, I don't know, 50 bucks. How do you have the mentality like, look, this is what I'm worth? How did you learn? how you're like what you're worth depending on the job um it, it was a learning process so you know essentially everyone starts off at the beginning in some way so you do your entry-level gigs and then as you take on more clients and um, you feel more confident in both your abilities and and your your worth in the market um i i basically tried to increase my rates with each client that i took on 
for a while. And then, you know, I realized that it was more nuanced than that. Like it really depended on the size of the client, the scope of the work and, you know, other factors. Um, but the point is, is to always be trying to push your rates up incrementally until you hit the point that the market will bear. Um, because it helps everyone, right? So like if you're undercharging, then that particular company thinks, well, that's the going rate. That's what I can hire freelancers for. And that's what they try to, to hire other freelancers, you know, at that rate. And it kind of perpetuates. But if we all kind of elevate, then I think it, it benefits everyone. Um, and I do think it does take a degree of, of confidence to say, this is what I'm worth and I'm sticking to my guns. And if we can't come to agreement, that's fine. I'll walk. Um, and I think it takes a certain level of financial security too. You know, obviously if I was struggling to put food on the table, I'd probably take a, a crappy gig just so I could get some money in my pocket. Um, but since I'm not at that point, I can be more discerning. Now, do you have any gigs where web traffic and that kind of stuff factor into how much money you make? Or no. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want any of those gigs because I can't promise that. You know, I can... I can apply what I know from an SEO perspective to the writing, which admittedly I'm not an expert, um, but I can't say you're going to rank, you know, or get a certain number of hits. Um, I think anybody that tries to guarantee results like that is probably a bit of a shyster. <laughs> um, well, I, in my short freelancing career before I had to put it on hold, I don't want to say it's completely dead in the water. I, I I certainly would like to revisit it at some point, but I work for a company that made quizzes and the more I think traffic that you got, it was like a few years ago now, I'm trying to remember, but the more traffic that my quiz or quizzes would get and the higher they would rank in our rankings, the more money I would make. So I think I had one quiz where I just, for whatever reason, it struck the right nerve and I was like one of the highest, if not the highest ranking quiz for a certain time period. And I wound up uh, making bank on that because I ranked so high. But then I would have other quizzes, absolutely no reason to it, they would just completely flop, and I, I wouldn't really make anything, just the base pay and maybe a few extra dollars, so that's the game I was playing with that scenario. I, mean, I think that's cool, um, because you do have that chance of getting the big hit like you did, um, but the key word you mentioned is base pay. So you want to make sure in those situations that you're compensated at least something. Um, you know, I've seen some sites that want to hire writers exclusively on a commission basis for the hits that they get on their work. And that is a big fat no for me um, because I'm not going to invest my time and potentially not get anything out of it because there's so many factors beyond my control. As you said, um, you know, I don't want to get the, the wrong end of the stick, so to speak. Anytime I see a job that says commission is involved, I'm automatically just like, yeah, Pass. I don't know about <laughs> that. 
I would have to have a certain lifestyle. Like, I would need to be completely financially supported or settled and just wanting to take that gamble, which I've never in my life have had that situation occur. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it could make a little side gig or whatever. It could be for fun if, you know, if you didn't necessarily need the income. Right. And that's kind of how I felt my writing gigs that I had were turning into. It was just like, well, this would be awesome to do full time. I think I could, except there's only like a certain low percentage of a chance that one of my one of my uh, quizzes are going to do really well and I'm going to make money. So it was definitely a learning experience and you don't have to ever like really refer to an editor or anything like that too much to you. It depends on the client. I mean, to some degree, I, you know, for any client really, I report to someone at the institution and, um, some of them will just look at my work and be like, thumbs up, Laura, ready to go. And I'll put it in their WordPress form. And some companies, especially the larger companies, um, will go through a huge editing process where they have a content editor and then they have, you know, that does fact checking and then they have a copy editor and then it goes for final edit. It's like, uh, it's a big deal. It's like this drawn out thing. Um, so I guess roundabout way of answering your question is it really depends. And that all goes back to saying that I'm going to paraphrase that we all have a boss yep. in some way, shape, or form. Even somebody with this fantastic setup and career, you know, you have so much control, you're self-employed, and even you have a boss. But if they really piss me off or if things aren't working out and I have other bosses, I'll just fire that one. And that is the reason why we all want every day by the lake, because that is the kind of power I don't have in my life at this point that I'm trying to build up. And uh, I, the whole reason for this podcast, at least one of the big reasons, is to open people's eyes to make them see that, you know, I do have the power to have that kind of control over my life. Now, getting there and figuring out what your gift is or what you have to bring to the table, that's a little bit of a different story. But I learned through going on the social media, starting up my blog, I was like, wow, I'm not really successful in the way that I want to be successful, but I see that I have the power to do it. And perhaps there is uh, another path for me or something else that I need to get that going a little bit more, but I do have the power. I can do something about it. And that's why I bring people like you onto this podcast because I want people to see that they have the power and it'd be interesting to know. I mean, based on your story and what you told me, you probably didn't even realize you had 
all that power until it happened. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fair. You know, um, when I, I quit my job, I realized that uh, I was incredibly fortunate to to have the financial ability to do that. Um, and so I guess I felt a, a certain amount of power there because, you know, financial security gives you options um, for whatever route you want to take. But I definitely have been stepping more into my power during this, this whole journey as I've, as I've grown, as I figured things out in the business world, as I've realized exactly what I've carved out for myself. Like I basically knew this was what I wanted, but you can't really understand it fully until you're in it. So what should people listening to this episode learn from you about building yourself up and maintaining your business? That it's about community. Um, When you build relationships continuously and you nurture them and you keep your circle ever expanding, opportunities will come to you. You don't necessarily know what, you don't necessarily know when, but it's an amazing way to keep your pipeline filled up. Um, So that way people find you and you don't always have to be searching for your next opportunity. Do you feel like you're searching for your next opportunity or the opportunities just flowing onto your lap? It's a mix. You know, I get approached regularly, you know, because people find me online and sometimes the opportunity works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I do keep my eye, um, you know, on freelance gigs that are posted. I keep my finger on the pulse, you know, when contacts in my network post an opportunity, I might respond. So I do still actively pursue some things if they pique my interest, but I feel like some of the pressure is alleviated because I know at least some of the legwork is being done through my community, essentially. So what's, what's next for you? So you became a content writer, you're coaching, What's next on the table for you and your business? So I'm actually launching a completely new brand. My new website is currently in development. Fingers crossed it goes live sometime next month. Um, And it's going to be called Before You Go Freelance. Um, And so on top of the coaching, I'm developing an online course. So I'm actually in the process of writing that right now. Um, and that, that I hope to sell by the end of the year. That's my goal. Um, and my 2021 goal is actually to start a membership site, um, on the before you go freelance site. So for like a low monthly fee, people could have office hours with me, access certain exclusive content, things of that nature. So that way there's an opportunity to work with me at various price points. Um, yeah, you know, before you go freelance is going to house, all my blog related content on freelancing. I actually have started a podcast of my own that's not been publicly released. It will be publicly launched when the new site is live. So that, that's exciting. I, I do have quite a few things um, in the pipeline. Wow, so I knew about this before you go freelance because I did my research like a 
good podcast host, but I didn't know you were starting up a podcast. What what brought that on? So I wanted to try my hand at a different medium. You know, I've been expressing myself through the written word online for a few years. And I know different people learn in different ways. I like to digest information in different ways. And I basically wanted to diversify how I put my message out there and reach other people. Um, and so my podcast is, is going to be called um, In a Freelance Minute. And um, essentially, it takes um, whatever blog post topic I have that week and distills it into uh, a two to three minute sound clip where you get basically the nuts and bolts of the topic. And you can just take that clip and listen to it if you don't have the time or don't want to read the, the blog post and you'll still get a lot of what you need to know on that topic. So I'm hoping to appeal to people you know, that have busy lives too. You're like a branding genius. You, you, you <laughs> I don't know about that one. Because <laughs> all of your uh, monikers, your like brand names, they're like so good. Thank you. Yeah, they, they, they definitely were a long time in the making. I, I bought a few domains that now I look at them and say, why would I ever go with that? But uh, th this, this one feels pretty good. Before you go freelance.com will, will be a winner, I hope. Well, I'm not going to sit here and say I hate the name of my blog. I like it. I'm not a big fan of it. And I'll tell you why. It's because the name of this podcast is so much better. And I didn't even come up with the name of this podcast. Uh, Recipes for your soul. I'm probably getting her her uh, Twitter name wrong. But she's the one who came up with Mark My Words. She commented on a post that I had. I remember that tweet. post. <laughs> yeah, she commented on a tweet a few years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I'm so much better. You know, I I have at least one coughing fit during these episodes, I just wanna say. I almost got through it. <laughs> I have some kind of allergy the past few summers, like a post nasal thing and like gets into my chest and I've had it, it's been better as the summer has gone along. I think the break that I had actually was a good thing because I was really not you know well like I kept coughing while talking that's another topic for another time but I can't remember her name 100% on Twitter recipes for your soul recipes for your soul every day maybe I can look it up quick if you don't mind me being rude no you're good uh, look it up because she deserves all the credit in the world for the name of this podcast. Uh, recipes for... Uh, it's still not coming up. Well, I guess I won't waste too much air time on this, but... Uh, oh, you can drop a link in the show notes for... Yeah, because uh, recipes for every soul. Okay, I there found you her. go. I found her on Instagram. So Anne, recipes for every soul, comment on a tweet, and uh, she was like, you know, you you should have named your blog Mark My Words. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. That is like such a good name. 
I never would have come up with that. So I need these branding geniuses to help me with that because that's, uh, you're good. You're very good. Thank you. I mean, sometimes I benefit from outside perspectives too. So I, I wouldn't beat yourself up about that. So sometimes you just too too far in the thick of it to see things. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you think so hard about how to be creative and sleek and sound really uh, smart with it. And you can wind up with something that it's kind of a knockoff of a newsman that you watch when you were growing up in Pennsylvania, because that's where Marky Mark's world came from. There's a guy, Don Pollock, who used to do all these like really like irreverent little uh, news, uh, not really even news, just uh, he would go to like all these weird places meet all these weird people they're like these weird features that were really funny and he was good at just being kind of goofy and i loved his little features at the end of the news and even the anchors after his features they would just be like uh yeah so we're <laughs> out for the day and uh he he was amazing i i don't know how much he does anymore but Don Pollock was the inspiration for the name of my blog. And uh, yeah, he's a really goofy guy. He's pretty cool. I would have guessed Marky Mark's world had something to do with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. So I learned uh, something new today. No, no. I And actually some people have said, well, you know, watch out for copyright infringement there. I'm like, okay, I, I make absolutely nothing off this blog. <laughs> Pretty low um, risk. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I'm sure he's not upset. But uh, I guess with all that being said, Laura, it's been amazing talking to you and really enjoying our time. Um, you already gave out some information on how, you know, what's coming up. Uh, is there any other information that you want to give out as far as how people can work with you and get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can feel free to email me if you have questions about freelancing or anything that Mark and I have talked about. Um, I'm at laura at everydaybythelake.com. Um, I am most active on Twitter, so you can find me at everydaylake. And then if you search my name, Laura Garropy, on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll pop up and I'm, I'm happy to connect with you there too. Um, if you are interested in any kind of uh, assistance getting into freelancing, I, I'd love to, to chat with you. Um, my website, everydaybythelake.com, actually has a, a form you can use to sign up for a free mini coaching session. So um, you will get value out of it. I know I'll tell you about the, the program at the same time. That sounds perfect. Well, Laura Garropy, I am uh, very glad that you took some time out of your morning for this and really appreciate it. This was a real blast and uh, maybe we'll find another reason. Now that I have LinkedIn Live privileges, maybe you'll uh, 
have the courage to do an episode of that sometime, maybe? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm breaking out of my comfort zone too. So um, video is now and video is in the future and and uh, you know have to be willing to embrace those kind of things in, in order to move forward. And that's exactly what I learned and you only get better with practice. I will tell you that. I would never have been able to do a podcast this well like two years ago. It's taking a lot of building up and a lot of practice on my part. Well, it's been a great conversation, Mark. I've been on a, a few podcasts at this point and uh, the conversation's been enjoyable. You were a great host. Um, so keep on doing what you're doing. I appreciate that. Well, you were a great guest and uh, Thanks again for uh, taking time out of your day. I'm Mark Schmidt. She is Laura Garropy. This was Mark My Words, and I'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks. Thank you.